Welcome to Homesick Alien Club. The homesick alien in me recognizes the homesick alien in you. What is up, friends? Thank you for tuning into another episode of Homesick Alien Club. I am your host, James McRae. I hope everyone is doing tremendous despite living through the actual apocalypse. I'm only kidding, sort of. So today I have a very special episode. I did an Instagram Q&A the other day and somebody asked me for my best manifestation story. Now, I know that word manifestation can be a little cringe and new agey. Like, oh, I'm just going to manifest my reality over here. Pass me my crystals. But all manifest really means is to make material. In other words, to manifest or create something in your imagination into something real and tangible. So anyway, someone asked for my best manifestation story and I said that it was manifesting a book deal with Hay House when I had zero followers and no marketing platform whatsoever. And so anyone who has ever tried to get a book published will know that having a pre-existing audience is really the most important thing that publishers look for when signing authors. It's more important to publishers than even the writing or the book itself, which has been really a bitter truth for many aspiring authors. And so Hay House is the world's, pretty much the world's biggest and most famous self-help publisher. And in 2017, Hay House published my first book, Shit Your Ego Says. And I really did get this book deal with zero audience and zero followers. And today we're going to have a little story time and I'm going to tell you how. So the story begins in the year 2012. At the time I was living in Minneapolis, Minnesota and I was working in the advertising industry. I had a pretty good life. I had lots of friends, a great job, a great apartment. And at that point, I had lived in Minnesota for most of my life. But ever since I was young, I had wanted to live in New York City. And I don't really know why. It was just probably because there were so many artists and writers and poets who I admired who had lived in New York City at one time or another. And in 2012, I finally decided to drop everything and do it. I quit my job, gave away my stuff, and bought a one-way ticket to New York City. I didn't have a plan, I didn't have a job, I didn't have much money, and I didn't have many friends in New York. But I felt like this was something 
I just had to do. It was like a nagging feeling inside me. And I knew that if I didn't just make the jump, another 10 years would pass in the blink of an eye and it would just never happen. Besides, I had just read The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. And there was a line in the book that stood out to me. When you want something, the whole universe conspires in order for you to achieve it, the book says. So I took a big leap of faith and moved to Brooklyn. I had no choice but to hit the ground running and start looking for a job. And I tried and tried and tried and I just couldn't catch a break. Apparently, my resume of job experience back in Minneapolis, it just didn't carry as much weight in New York City. So then, after I've worn out my welcome sleeping on a couple couches, I spend the last of my money on a deposit for an apartment. And it was a little oceanside home on the island of Broad Channel in the south of Queens. Not the most convenient location, but I thought it would be really cool to be able to live along the water. And this was the end of October. And I'm supposed to move in to my new apartment the next day. And then, wham! Just like that, out of nowhere, Hurricane Sandy hits New York City. It was the biggest storm in the city's history. And my apartment, which of course was on the water, was completely destroyed. And just like that, I'm homeless. Now, at this point, it's safe to say that moving to New York City was not exactly turning out how I had expected. And my options were very limited. I didn't have a place to live in New York, and I really, really didn't want to crawl back to Minnesota, basically as a failure. So then, that's when I get a call from my good friend, Jake Sasseville. Uh, Jake's apartment had also been destroyed in the hurricane. And he tells me that he has a friend with an empty beach cottage on this tiny Caribbean island called Culebra. And he suggests that we move there for a little while. And at this point, I don't have much of a choice. So we put together our money and buy two one-way JetBlue tickets to Puerto Rico where we transfer to this little two-passenger rinky-dink plane to take us to Culebra. Now, at this point, you might be wondering what the hell this story has to do with getting a book deal with Hay House. And I promise it's getting there. And right now, I'm going to give you the first clue. And the first clue is that saying yes to the adventure of life will always take you where you need to go. Okay? You can't just chase after somebody else's version of success. 
You have to say yes to the adventure of life and see where it takes you. So there I am. I'm stranded on a tiny Caribbean island with no money and no real place to live. And I feel like a total failure. And I think back to that Paulo Coelho quote, when you want something, the whole universe conspires in order to, for you to achieve it. And it sure felt like the opposite of that quote was true for me. But there was an upside to being stranded on a remote island. And that was me having plenty of time to be alone with my own thoughts. I spent hours alone on the beach, just watching the waves crash against the shore. And for the first time in my life, I realized how absolutely busy and loud my mind was. All of my fears and anxieties were rising to the surface and I had nowhere to run. My brain was telling me that I was a failure, that I should never have moved to New York City in the first place, and that the universe was most definitely not conspiring in my favor. But the longer I sat in this silence, I started to realize that these thoughts were not the real me. These were just thoughts. And just because I thought something did not make it true. And this was the first time in my life when I recognized the voice of my ego. And my ego had a lot of shit to say. But I also noticed another voice a quiet and reassuring voice. And this was the voice I came to realize of my intuition, or you could say of my higher self. And I realized that these voices, the ego and the intuition are always inside us and they're competing for our attention. And in an instant, an entire book idea came to me. And it was called Shit Your Ego Says. And as a writer, I had had other book ideas in the past, but they never really went anywhere. I never even got very far in writing them. But I instantly knew that this was a book that not only would I finish, but I would get it published. I had no idea how I would write it or how I would publish it, but I knew that it had to be done. So I suspended my disbelief. I didn't worry about the how. I just decided to start and see where it would take me. And this leads me to the second clue, and that is having trust in whatever your inner voice tells you. So writing this book wasn't something that I was forcing. This was something that I just knew deep down that I needed to do. Okay, so now we're going to fast forward a little bit. Basically, someone I knew in New York City offered to let me stay in their guest bedroom. So I ended up, after a couple months in Culebra... I ended up 
going back to New York. And luckily, before long, I found a job with a digital creative agency. And my life stabilizes. And at this point, I'm writing the book. I'm writing every single day, either before going to work, after coming home, or both. And I've never written a book before, so I'm literally learning how to write a book by writing a book. And of course, at this point, I'm a complete unknown. I have like 100 Instagram followers, and they're either friends or family. And anyone who works in publishing will tell you that you have to grow a following before you can get a book published. But all I knew is that I had to write this book. It was trying to come out of me. And I was already working full time and I didn't, um, I couldn't bring this book to life and also grow an audience at the same time. So basically, I made a deal with the universe. I literally made a deal with the universe. I said, look, it is my job to write this book. That is my job. And it's your job to get this book out into the world. Let me do my job and you do your job. I was very stern with the universe. And so I kept writing and I kept working full time. And on the side, I started trying to grow my audience a little bit because I realized that I could repurpose some of the writing I was doing for the book. So I started to take little snippets and share them on social media and even publish short articles on websites that accept submissions. I'm not sure if you guys know this, but there are a ton of websites that accept article submissions. So I start to publish a few articles here and there, and it didn't amount to much, but at least I started to get my my name out there a little bit. And so eventually I get to the point where I decide to write a book proposal. And at this point, I'm about halfway done with the book. And you really need to have a book proposal in order to pitch agents and publishers. So I put together a proposal and I start sending it out to every agent I could find. Uh, So in the publishing world, book publishers will typically only accept proposals that are submitted by an agent. So the first job of any prospective author is to acquire an agent. And you can pretty easily find agent information online if you dig around. The best resource is probably a website called publishersmarketplace.com. And this is a paid subscription service where you can get tons of industry contact information. So anyway, I send my proposal to dozens and dozens of both agents and publishers and I wait and I wait and I wait and crickets I don't get any responses so I start sending my proposal to more agents and more publishers nothing 
eventually a couple rejection emails start coming in. And the rejection emails pretty much all say the same thing. I don't have an audience. And mind you, I'm not exactly sending my proposal to a prestigious list, right? I'm sending it to anyone. We're talking about small time and third rate agents and publishers. And that's not to diss anyone. It's just to say that I was being rejected by literally everyone. But what could I do? I just kept writing. And I trusted that the right opportunity would come along to usher this book into the world. And anyway, at some point during this journey, I also send my book proposal to my friend Jake. Jake was the same friend who I moved to Calabria with. And at this point, Jake was living in Hawaii. And while living in Hawaii, he randomly encountered someone who worked for the UK division of Hay House. And without even telling me, he passes along my book, my book proposal to this person at Hay House. And it turns out they really liked it. So they passed it along to the New York City Hay House offices. And it turns out they really liked it too. And mind you, all of this is happening without my awareness. Then, out of nowhere, I get an email from the head of acquisitions at Hay House inviting me into their office for a meeting. And I literally couldn't believe it, and I had no idea how this was even happening because I had never sent this to Hay House. But it turns out Jake had, and now they were contacting me. Okay, so later that week, I go to the Hay House office on Park Avenue, and I sit down with their head of acquisitions, and she straight up tells me that my proposal was one of the best she had ever seen, and if I had a bigger platform, she would publish the book tomorrow. But alas, I still didn't have an audience. So she encouraged me to keep trying to get my name out there because she really wanted to publish the book. And she also gave me a very important tip. She said the best way to grow my audience was to do whatever made me feel jazzed. And this was really good advice because at that point I had seen big name authors posting videos and giving advice to people, whether it was people like Gabrielle Bernstein or even Tony Robbins. And this type of approach just didn't feel natural to me. But she told me to do whatever made me feel jazzed. And this was a huge relief. And the first thing that came to mind was drawing. I always liked to draw. I grew up being an artist and had even gone to design school. But that was a part of me that I didn't really feel fit with being an, a writer or an author. So I started to think, huh, 
maybe I could somehow make drawings to articulate what I was writing about. And this would add some humor and creativity to my writing. So I start making little drawings and sharing them on social media. And when I look back, this was really setting me down the road to the art illustrations and the memes that I make today. This is where that all started. So this is the third clue. Do whatever makes you feel jazzed. You don't have to follow the template of everyone else. In fact, you will stand out more by sharing whatever interests and talents are unique to you. Because I most definitely do not fit the typical self-help author template. But I gradually developed a style that was fully my own. So anyway, a couple weeks pass after my meeting with Hay House and I get another email from their head of acquisitions. And it turns out that Hay House is having a big conference the following month in Chicago. It's called Movers and Shakers and it's for aspiring authors. And there's going to be hundreds of people at this conference and there will be... Um, uh, one of the attendees from the conference will be awarded a publishing contract. And admission to this conference is several thousands of dollars. But Hay House wants to send me there for free, all expenses paid. So I'm like, cool, this is a pretty good open door from the universe. So I take their offer, I go to Chicago, I attend the conference, I make some friends, I have a really good time. And at the end of the conference, we are supposed to put together a bunch of materials like a video and a book proposal for consideration to win the publishing contract. And I'm back in New York now and I guess I can be pretty dumb sometimes because I didn't even enter the contest. I guess I thought that since I already had inroads with Hay House that I just didn't need to. So I didn't even submit my proposal. But I finally realized that this was the opportunity that I've been waiting for. The only problem was the deadline for submission had already passed. So I reach out to my Hay House contacts and see if there's any way they can extend the deadline for me. And amazingly, they agree. They give me two extra days. So for the next two days, I scramble to get all these materials ready for submission. And just before midnight on the last day, I send everything in. Phew. So, meanwhile, life goes on and I keep working my full-time job and I keep writing my book on the side. And at least a few weeks pass and I gradually start to forget about Hay House and I forget about the publishing contract. And then one afternoon, I'm working in my office on Madison Avenue when my phone rings. 
I answer the phone and it turns out to be Reed Tracy, the CEO of Hay House. And he's calling to tell me that I was chosen as the winner of the contest and Hay House would like to offer me a publishing contract. I nearly dropped my phone. So that, my friends, is the story of how I signed a book deal with Hay House when I had zero followers. The moral of the story is that seemingly impossible things can happen when we are aligned with our purpose. And keep in mind that getting published by Hay House was not exactly a goal of mine. This is just where my life path led me when I started following my intuition. Your life path might lead you somewhere else. Don't get too hung up on the end results, okay? Especially at the beginning. Just remember to always say yes to the adventure of life and see where it leads you. So thank you so much for listening today. You can buy this book, Shit Your Ego Says, wherever books are sold. I'll put the Amazon link in the episode notes. You can also pre-order my new book, How to Laugh and Ironic Amusement During Your Existential Crisis, the first ever collection of poetry and memes. And that book will be released in a couple weeks. All right. Take care, everyone. Much love. Peace. Thank you.